0: Hey everybody, welcome to another Gospel Unplugged. This week we're talking about the Gospel story appointed for Easter, the Feast of the Resurrection. Uh, It's St. John's account of the first Easter. I'm looking forward to talking about that with my colleague, my esteemed colleague, the Reverend Dr and close personal friend, Mark Dixon. (laughs) Of course, absolutely. Uh, So this is the Easter story, the story of the first Easter from John. Of the four Easter stories, this is probably the one we've heard the least at Mount Olivet on a, a Sunday morning. Uh, It's a a long telling, and there's a lot of interesting details peculiar to, unique to John, so kind of fun to dive into. So reading from the first verse of the 20th chapter, St. John writes, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings but rolled up in a place by itself then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead then the disciples returned to their homes but mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of jesus had been lying one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, And she told them that he had said these things to her. Wow. <laughs> there is a lot there from the footrace between Peter and the beloved disciple to uh, details that we know from the other accounts uh, early on the first day of the week while it was still dark to angels uh, who don't figure into the story that much because then Jesus is there. We have Mary not recognizing Jesus, Jesus calling her by name, don't hold on to me. There's a lot going on. You're preaching, what are you gonna say? (laughs) <laughs> or what would you like us to focus on? What occurred? What struck you?
1: I would like you to focus on what this hand is doing over here <laughs> while I <laughs> turn the page. Yeah, it's great. It's a long reading, a dense reading. So much going on. John, really gifted storyteller, layers um, of meaning. Um, the thing that stands out to me because of our uh, course that we've taken through Lent, uh, specifically the images of Jesus that we've done as Lenten midweeks and how we've thought critically about how we have. imagined and depicted Jesus and how that helps us approach Jesus in the gospel and how it can sometimes be uh, an obstruction for us. I think that little story within the story of Mary's first face-to-face encounter with the risen Jesus is super interesting and a great way for us to end that Lenten journey we've been on Here she is, face to face with someone she knows so well, whom she loves so dearly, whom she's followed so faithfully, and she still doesn't get it. She still doesn't recognize him for who he truly is. And um, there's this tension in this story where Mary, that Mary establishes in her dialogue. We don't know where they have taken him. A really oppositional thing. And here when she meets Jesus, she's including Jesus in that antagonistic they. You, they, have taken him. Where have you put him? Not only does she not recognize Jesus, Jesus to her looks like the enemy. That might be too strong of a word. And I just think that's interesting to think about how often is who Jesus really is, what Jesus really teaches, what Jesus really does for us in this life, so strange to us, so foreign, that it feels, um, you know, like... Uh, almost hostile, like antagonistic to us. That that can't be my Jesus. So I like that part of the story.
0: There are a lot of great characters in John's Gospel that he develops more than some of the other writers do. And I think in part, he's inviting us uh, to contemplate options for how we might react to Jesus. And with Mary, you're invited to use your imagination. Does she not recognize him because of her grief? Mm. Does she not recognize him because... Nobody expected cross, and nobody, nobody, nobody expected resurrection. Mm-hmm. So she just can't believe it. Like, what's going on? And I think there's kind of an invitation. What would it have been like to yeah. experience the cross, to come back? The body is missing, the the sense of loss that she has mm-hmm. now. She can't even remember her Lord, uh, and to be encountered by him. How would we respond? What, yeah. what would have our take been? been? Um, That's fun. As we mentioned, there's tons of things going on in uh, John. Um, I'm always struck by the way in which John is a very confident writer, and he makes no bones that he, in his gospel, is retelling the two central stories of Israel. The story of the Exodus, which we hear when John the Baptist greets Jesus as the lamb who takes away the sin of the world, and all through the Passion, a lot of references to the Passover story but also to the Genesis story of creation, and that starts in the very first verse. In the beginning, when the Lord created heaven and earth, Genesis, Mm -hmm. in the beginning was the word, John. And here, I think it's kind of fascinating, the story ends up, and only in John, at a garden. Jesus, or Mary thinks Jesus is the gardener. Mm -hmm. And so John is kind of recasting resurrection as new creation it yeah. is it, it Jesus makes up for or does over again what Adam and Eve blew right. they were in a garden and did not trust God uh, Jesus is being raised new creation there um, and I think that's kind of that's kind of neat I think we tend to think or a lot of us tend to think that resurrection, uh, life after death, all that's promised in Easter. It happened to Jesus a long time ago. Someday when we die yeah. or when Jesus comes again, it's way off in the future. It's in our
1: future. Yeah.
0: And I think John in this moment is, is, is inviting us to imagine, know that from the first Easter on, we live in that old fallen creation and we live in new creation. Mm-hmm. God is at work in a different way. There is new possibility. Um, and so one of the questions I imagine for folks to think about is to think about those moments where you were kind of overwhelmed by the sense of newness, whether it was in a relationship that you thought was going one direction or, or ended and it opened up again, or it was a career uh, or a life that, that just you were just struck by, I did not expect a second chance. I did not expect another go at this. More life, yeah. More life, and you're just overwhelmed by the sense of possibility. So that'd be one question I would ask. And,
1: and how about you? Yeah, my question, you know, putting ourselves in Mary's shoes or understanding that we've had similar experiences. When in your life have you been so confronted or surprised by who Jesus is and what Jesus does that it seems unbelievable? That it shatters your expectations. You know, greatly exceeds your expectations for who you thought Jesus is when you thought you had him uh, well in hand.
0: Awesome. lot to think about. Um, We are looking forward to seeing you on Easter Sunday. There will be fabulous music, uh, full congregation, great singing, and we'll preach. Adequate preaching. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll try to bring something (laughs) from the pulpit that morning. Thanks for talking. Thanks for being a part of this church, and we'll see you at worship.